to heal, I would need to look inward as well as outward. I would need to examine my memories. I would need to interrogate the stories I told myself about myself, about my family, about the world. My unsolved questions were about my father and my mother. They were about loss, longing, and fear, about my abandonment, they were about my upended, dislocated body and mind. They were about the geography and geology of my experience. They were also about the borders and boundaries and fault lines on which we all live. They were about fractured surfaces and tectonic forces, about energies unleashed. When I was seven, my mother showed up with an earthquake and red balloons. I remember her shaking hands, and I remember the shaking earth. In me, private and seismic tremors cannot be separated. Hello and welcome to Live with Chris, an interview podcast where we can learn and grow together, brought to you by Howard Community College. I am your host, Chris Oviedo, and I want to thank you for joining me today. The third annual Bowder Lecture is coming to Howard Community College on September 21st, an event where diverse contemporary authors discuss their work, ignite conversations, and inspire our students and our community at large to co-create a more just and compassionate world. This year's book is Aftershocks by author Nadia Owusu, a multiple prize winner memoir that recounts the author's early years and her struggles belonging in different cultures, in her broken family and in herself. To talk more in depth about the event and also a little bit about the book, because if you haven't read it, one, you want to go get it. We have copies here at the library, but two, it's it's a fascinating story. I'm still reading it and it's, it's really fascinating and it's really relatable as well. But to talk more about the book and the event, I am joined by the Department Chair of Humanities and World Languages, Tara Hart, and by the Director of the HCC Library and Learning Commons, Nana Owusu. And Tara and Nana, I want to welcome you both to a show. Thank you so much for being with us today. Delighted to be here. Thank You're you. welcome, Chris. You know, Nana, I want to start a conversation with you. The first question that I got to ask is, you know, you guys have the same last name with, with our author. Are you guys related in any way? Thank you, Chris. That's, that's a good question. Yeah, I knew that was going to be a question that I might get asked. We may probably very distant. Um, but I would say that the last name definitely tells you that we're from the same ethnic group. And so for those who would read the book, she mentions her a Ghanaian background and her Ashanti background. Yes. So I am Ghanaian and also the ethnic group that I'm from is the Lajarakan group with a subgroup known as Ashanti. So, yeah, in a sense, we are related. But I don't know her and I haven't and met her yet. I'm looking forward to meeting her. You know, and it's fascinating. And thank you for bringing that up. I know I kind of put you on the spot there with that question because she does. She does talk about the pride that comes from different generations in her family, the sense mm -hmm. of belonging that I talked about a little bit earlier and how she's trying to figure out 
where she fits in all of that because of her background. So I think we're giving too much away already. So let's let's take it back an, a notch here and let's talk about the Bowden Lecture. Let's first of all, just uh, Nana, if you can tell us how and why the Bowden Lecture started three years ago. Okay, thanks, Chris. So um, how did the Bowden Lecture start? So prior to the Bowden Lecture actually starting, HCC always had this event where we would bring an author a celebrated author to campus. And it was in partnership with two community organizations, Hoko Polizzo, the Howard County Poetry and Literature Society, and the Howard County Library System. And that group was known as the Book Connection. So we had lectures every year, just about the same time in September, an author comes to the campus and presents. About four years ago, prior to the pandemic, I was invited to a meeting with then President Kate Hedrington, and I got to meet Dr. Lillian Bowder, and who is a community member. And basically I was told about what was known as the Bowder Lecture. So Dr. Bowder had moved here from Michigan and where she was at Michigan, she had endowed a lecture at an institution known as Marygrove where they would invite authors and the authors would give a lecture. And it so happened that the authors became very famous. This The list is a very impressive list. So when she moved into the community, she was looking for something similar. And she was introduced to what was known as the Book Connection. And so from that point on, I think there were several meetings. Tara and myself met Dr. Bowder as well. And the college embraced the idea of turning the Book Connection lectures, which was annual, into the Bowder Lecture. We also certainly wanted to make sure that there was some kind of endowment to support what we were doing as a book connection. So it was a win-win when Dr. Bowder came aboard and endowed what was then the book connection, but also leveraging it to become what is now known as the Bowder Lecture. And it did start in 2020, which coincided with the pandemic. So our very first lecture was actually virtual. That makes it for an interesting event and for an interesting way to start a beautiful tradition and a beautiful annual event. I cannot tell you how impactful I find it to come together and be able to listen. And so I don't know if, if the one that I attended was already called the Bowder Lecture if it, or if it was the Book Connection, but it was great to come and hear the author read some of the work and then also go a little deeper. I mean, they're sharing intimately. Aftershocks, which is the book for this year, shares intimately the story of Nadia and, and, and her upbringing and, and some of the challenges that were unique for her in finding that sense of belonging. And to have the opportunity to hear firsthand and go a little deeper and have that conversation and ask a question. There's so much value. I found so much value in one of the previous years that I attended one of the events. Tara, talk, talk to us about that book selection process. How does the mm. committee find you know, the chosen book? There's so many great stories out there worth reading, listening to, and interacting with. It must be really difficult to come to just one book <laughs> for, uh, for, for the event. It is, but it's a joy to go through that process and read so many wonderful books. So we have a, a multi-layered process. And, and thanks for sharing your experience with seeing one of the speakers, because as a professor who tries to bring her students as often as possible, make it possible for them to attend events like this, we know that it's a high impact practice. It's the thing, it's something that students will always remember. And they appreciate it at the time. And then later they come to know 
wow, I have seen these world-class writers at my local community college and what a tremendous experience that was. So in choosing the book, we take that very seriously. And as Nana mentioned, we had been bringing authors to campus before, but the Bowder Endowment now allows us to fund writers that might've been out of our league arranged before. So we can look at who are those writers telling the stories that our community might most want to hear that may appeal the most to our students. We keep that very much in the forefront of our mind. Is this a writer whose stories, whose delivery, whose way of speaking will resonate with those seeking an education here at the college? We don't want them to be too elevated or incomprehensible to the students' lives. So it's quite a process where we look around us for the best stories for the moment. And we do that in a variety of ways. We look at who, which books are winning prizes, which books are people reading and talking about. We look at the One Maryland, One Book project because they have their own very selective process and they make wonderful choices. So we always look at their short list and their themes to see, again, you know, what people are, are speaking of. Within the group, within our committee, in which several college areas are re represented in several disciplines of study, we ask each other, what are the great books that, that we're reading? And then when we finally have a long list, then we start splitting that up among ourselves and saying, okay, you know, I'll read this one, you read that one. And often it's many more than one that we're all looking at. And Nana at the library helps us get access to as many as possible. And then we start, you know, narrowing down our choices. And as we do that, we're talking about what are the themes that are resonating the most with what's happening in the world around us. The faculty are paying attention to those themes that seem closest to our students' concerns and their interests and preoccupations. So, for example, last year when we had Gabriel Bump here, it was all about belonging. And that was a theme that the staff, the faculty, the community, and the students all seem to truly be drawn toward and want to talk about. And his book was all about that. So with uh, Nadia Wusu's book, it stood out in, in a number of ways. It is also really a lot about belonging. But as a memoir, it's a book about healing. It's almost a how-to of healing. She shares her path, as you said, very intimately. She makes herself very vulnerable. And she also does this from a literary point of view in an incredibly innovative and beautiful way, structuring her story around the extended metaphor of earthquakes and aftershocks, which I know we can talk about a little bit more later. But all of those things together, you know, the, the literary excellence the themes, the fact that it was me a memoir and highly re readable and enjoyable, and a young emerging writer were also points in its favor for rising to the top. And there's historical facts that come into it that are not far away. You know, when we think of history, we think of this history of the past so far, so distant. And here you have somebody who is, I mean, really, you know, from our generation who's still, you know, around very much, I'd say, close to some of our students age right here and you know how traveling around the world changed and how being born in one place and I mean it's kind of like my story in a way I was mm -hmm. born in Ecuador my mom was Colombian so that sense of okay am I Colombian am I Ecuadorian because I still tell everybody all 
my friends, I'm like the worst Ecuadorian you'll ever meet. I grew up, I was born and raised in Ecuador, but I was raised to a Colombian mother. So my culture, <laughs> it's Colombian. And then mm -hmm. I came to the United States, right? And I, mm -hmm. I have a different culture. That's my kid's experience. So, you know, for those immigrant families who might have those first generations, highly, highly, highly relatable read as you're navigating. How do I continue to keep our roots and the things that are so valuable, right, to us as immigrants, but at the same time, allowing them to come up with their own identity as Americans. It's, it's I mean, just really, really a beautiful crafted book. Nana, why did you guys choose specifically Aftershocks? I know that Tara already gave us a little bit, but I, I'd love to hear a little more, even, you know, for you, for that mm -hmm. perspective of even having that, that intimate connection of sharing that origin uh, with the author. Tell us a little bit more about that. Great. Thanks, Chris. So as a matter of fact, yeah, listening to Tara and then you following up, you were all just touching on everything that the reason why we chose Aftershocks. As Tara mentioned, I mean, we had Gabriel Bump the previous year and the theme of belonging, the lack of belonging had come up as we were reading. And just as you mentioned, as being an immigrant and myself being an immigrant, it's and several other members of the faculty who, who are in the book connection also sort of reference that whole challenge. It, it's, it's more, so let's put it this way. I think I shared this with Tara the other day. I'm African, I'm Ghanaian. When I'm in Ghana or in Africa, I am seen as somebody who's been away from Africa or Ghana. So I'm not as African enough because I don't live there, right? When I'm in America, I'm an African. <laughs> and so I am not, American enough in this dilemma. And then, of course, you, you, you mentioned the children, where the children that are born to us have African names like Nadia. But then other than that, they have little to zero experience of the continent. You know, my kids have only been visited twice. And so this issue of belonging, where do you belong, was a theme that came up in Gabriel Bump's discussion, but we wanted to take it further. And so as we read through the books and we saw that that was another theme that was being addressed in the book, we just felt like that topic calls for more discussion. Mm -hmm. I do also want to add that besides all the other things you've said, what beautiful writing that Nadia does, we also wanted to have a female author. That was another factor that mm -hmm. we considered. And so with all that taken into consideration, that's why we chose Aftershocks. We just felt that this book would resonate with our audience. It would resonate with the community and it's beautifully written and we will all enjoy it. Absolutely. And one of the one of the things that, that comes to my mind from the book, and I know that Tara, uh, you're going to share some of the book and you're going to read some of the mm -hmm. book to us. But one of those moments is when Nadia finds herself as one of the only two black girls in a school. And yet because oh. of her accent and her American accent, she is accepted. So, you know, that's portrayed in the book so clearly. And that's where I am, actually. That's that's the part that I am in the book right now. That's where I'm navigating. So I'm not sure yet where she's going to go with that. As she has somebody who she can totally relate to, you know, because it's just two black girls in the whole school. And yet mm -hmm. she's finding that to belong, she has to kind of like disown that side and really connect to her American side. So mm -hmm. that's where I am. So if you're reading the book and you're right there, you know, and you know, you guys t know what happens next. <laughs> so don't share that with me, but talk to us a little bit more about some of those topics and, and you know, share with us a little more of, of, of the richness that's in the book and how it's, it's portrayed on there. 
I'm glad you brought up that that part of the book because that is such a powerful and painful and illuminating piece of it. And I think another aspect that that we all relate to in the book is that Nadia, as I said, makes herself very vulnerable. She doesn't always make the right choices or what we might consider to be the right choices or, you know, how much choice does she have? But she isn't portraying herself as a heroine throughout her memoir. She shows us all sides of her circumstances and her choices. And so even if we've never been in that particular situation, it's so relatable to so many things that all of us have gone through in our adolescence, through our coming of age and the different decision points that we make. So yeah, that part will always stay with me as well. I wanted to share a little piece. I could probably read from any piece of this book and and that would invite and encourage, I think, anyone to pick it up. But this piece is at the end of a, a chapter um, called Day Zero. And in it, I think it summarizes to some degree what the main themes and preoccupations and trajectory of the book is and are. She says... To heal, I would need to look inward as well as outward. I would need to examine my memories. I would need to interrogate the stories I told myself about myself, about my family, about the world. My unsolved questions were about my father and my mother. They were about loss, longing, and fear, about my abandonment. They were about my upended, dislocated body and mind. They were about the geography and geology of my experience. They were also about the borders and boundaries and fault lines on which we all live. They were about fractured surfaces and tectonic forces, about energies unleashed. When I was seven, my mother showed up with an earthquake and red balloons. I remember her shaking hands and I remember the shaking earth. In me, private and seismic tremors cannot be separated. And that's what you're going to find throughout the entire book. And thank you, Tara, for really bringing to that vulnerability and that acceptance of so human reality that we don't always make the right choices. Because yes, usually when you're reading a novel, you're looking for that hero. You're looking for that moment of redemption almost, right? And I'm not saying that, mm-hmm. like like Tara said, this is a book about healing. So it's going to come, but it's going to come in a way that's very human, very relatable, because she makes she makes many choices that are questionable mm-hmm. in the book. And the mm-hmm. fact that she's sharing them so openly, mm-hmm. and making herself so vulnerable, it's it's almost like like permission for us to also look at our own story and look inwards, like she's saying right there in the paragraph, and come to terms with an acceptance of those choices so we can go to that healing and find that place that she's so desperately looking for, that place where she belongs. Nana, tell us about the event, please. Tell us what opportunities will be available on September 21st for everybody to come and interact with our author and interact with community. So yes, this this is going to be an exciting year, the third year. If you know, I, I did mention that the very first year, it was virtual. The second year, we had the author here. All right, but it was a daytime event. This time around, we're actually gonna have a day-long event. And so on September 21st at 12:30, we would have the a hybrid lecture. The lecture itself will be in the Smith Theater. 
but then it would also be streamed via Vimeo. And that would be between 12.30 and 1.30. And then there will be a book signing after that. And then there's also a writer's workshop after that. And then there will be a break in between. And then in the evening for the community members who may not be able to make it in the afternoon. So I have to emphasize that the daytime event is open to all as well. Community members are welcome to come in during the daytime as well. But we purposely made sure that there is another event in the evening in partnership with the public library and certainly with main partner Howard Hokopolitsu as well. So that there will be an evening lecture as well. And that would start at 6 p.m. So you will get to see Nadia in the afternoon or in the evening. And prior to that, there will be a reception between 5 p.m. and 6 p.m. And this will also be in the HVPA, the Horowitz Building, uh, right next to Smith Theater and Montiabar Hall. So you can join us at 5 p.m. for a bit of a reception there. And then you listen to the author at 6 p.m. I do also have to mention that we have a partnership with the Road to All the Arts folks. So that's also an evening where the gallery is going to be opened. And so there's a lot happening that day. So we highly, highly encourage everyone to attend. I need to add this. For our staff members and faculty, there's a diversity index number as well. The number is 12154. So you, you can register for diversity credit. So if you're a student at HEC, if you're staff, if you're faculty, if you're a community member, this event is for you. That's what I just heard Nana say. This is for everyone. If you haven't read the book, the first year that I attended the event, I had not read the book, but I saw the opportunity of going into the presentation. So I took a shot. I was like, I don't know what they're going to be talking about, but I can tell you that you're going to be right in, in the right place. Even you, if you haven't read the book and you don't have the time to read it beforehand, don't let that discourage you. I've been there. I've done it. And, and it's, it's, it's okay. It's actually a really cool opportunity to get that insight because then I went, I got the book and I read the book afterwards. So, um, you know, it might inspire you to go and get the book afterwards. Tara, talk to us please about the moderator and author who is actually going to be facilitating this conversation. Um, Tope Floring, what can you tell us about him? Mm -hmm. Oh, we're so excited that Tope is coming back. He helped facilitate the conversation with our first batter lecturer, uh, Mr. Andre Brenya, and he did such a wonderful job that we just couldn't resist bringing him back in person to read with Nadia or work with her. So Tope Fallerin, he is a, a Nigerian-American writer. He's based in right here in D.C. He is uh, the author of his first novel called A Particular Kind of Black Man, which is also a, won many awards, some of the same ones that Nadia Wusu has won as well. And uh, like her, he is a very, he's a young, emerging, and we think very important writer of our generation. He is at Georgetown University where he teaches as a vi visiting lecturer, and he also is the director of the Institute for Policy Studies. So he is an expert moderator who will, after Nadia's talk at keynote speech at, at 1230, he will be joining her on stage and they will have a conversation in which he will have, I'm sure, wonderful questions to help get at more of the meaning and the significance of her book. And and then he'll help us also with Q&A from the audience at each of these events all day and evening. There'll be opportunities for the audience to ask questions and interact directly with these writers. In the evening event, Nadia will talk for a little longer. And then again, Tope will help facilitate the conversations from the audience. So I think if people could go to 
everything all day and get a tremendous amount out of it. But if you do choose either the 1230 or the 6pm event, you'll get to see both writers there. And then I know that I already kind of said that this is for everyone, but I, mm -hmm. I, I really want everybody to listen and, and really hear that. So why don't you invite uh, and why don't you tell mm -hmm. who this event is for? So let me start with our students. Conscious Effort was made into finding an author that you can relate to, somebody whose experiences maybe resonate with you. And so you will be sort of having a conversation with somebody who could also be a role model because we have students who aspire to write. So come in and experience this wonderful opportunity of meeting somebody who is sort of at your level, but also has accomplished something that you may want to accomplish in future. So I, I strongly urge students to come to this event and so that they can benefit from it. It's a great conversation as well, and they get an opportunity to also ask questions. When it comes to staff, this is also an opportunity for you to be able to learn about what the themes are and how that can filter into your conversations with our students. I recall, I believe it may have been the first year or the second year, but there was an event that was held after the guest lecture, which was put together by the Book Connection Group. And it had to do, I, I attended a particular event where students actually spoke about you know, some of the concerns that they had, it provided an opportunity for them to do so. So my point here is that if you're a staff member, especially some of the faculty members and staff members who are members of the Step Up program in the mentoring program, this is an opportunity for you to have something that you can have a conversation with your student mm -hmm. about. Now, I also want to emphasize the importance of having faculty because there are so many themes in this book that you can teach. And so faculty, please come and attend and have something that you can certainly work with. And last but not well, certainly administrators, I'm counting you in the, in, among the staff as well. But let's talk about community members. As you did introduce earlier on, the, the whole purpose of the book connection and about, about the lecture is to address issues and topics that we can talk about in the community that can facilitate community. And so we're hoping that you can come in and join us so that we can all share these common themes and, and extend the conversation beyond our campus. So yes, we want each and everyone to be there. We're looking forward to having everyone participate. Tara may bring this up, but there is an opportunity, and I'll probably leave Tara to talk about it, but there is an opportunity after the lecture to actually participate mm -hmm. in an award ceremony. I'll let Tara talk more about that as you address Okay. It. Yes, we, we haven't mentioned yet that the endowment also includes the Don Bowder Student Awards, and these are named in memory of Dr. Bowder's late husband, and they are designed to encourage students to respond to the book in one of two ways. They can create an essay in response or through some kind of creative expression and in any creative field. So they might do a poem, literary arts, they might compose a piece of music, they might do a piece of visual art, spoken word, anything that again, resonates with them from the book that they feel like they want to respond to from their own experience. They have the opportunity to create something or compose something and enter this contest to possibly win one of these awards, which come with cash prizes founded by Dr. Bowder's endowment. So that flyers about that will be available widely at the lecture event on the 21st. 
And I did want to say we mentioned briefly about the in between the keynote and the evening event, there is a workshop and that is designed mainly for students, but all are welcome to attend. That is at 215 in our Rouse Company Foundation building on the fourth floor. And anyone is welcome to come and work directly with Nadia Wusu as she talks about her creative process, her writing life, and we hope will engage us in some writing exercises. Lots of fantastic opportunities to come and interact and be part of the Bowder Lecture. How do people register? Is there any cost to participate in any of these events? There is no cost to anyone who wishes to participate or attend. All of that is fully funded. And there is on the Howard Community College website, you'll see under um, Bowder Lecture, um, you can go ahead and type that in, or maybe we can make that link available elsewhere here on the broadcast. But it's very clear um, how to RSVP, and you can choose how you'd like to attend in person, virtually, day, evening, etc. So all of that should be very easy for everyone to navigate. So connect with this event, connect with the Bowder Lecture, register today, come to HEC, be part of the event. Nana, if anybody wants to get more information, anybody wants to look a little bit more in depth, how do we, how do they find that? Where do they go? So as Tara mentioned, certainly we do have a Bowder Lecture website on the college's website. There is also a website for the Howard County Book Connection off the library's homepage where they can read also about the upcoming event. But certainly myself and Tara, we're also available. I am at the library at HCC and you can contact me. I can share my telephone number if anybody needs to reach me personally. It's 443-518-4634, 443-518-4634. We'll be more than happy to provide you with as much information as you need. There will be flyers and a publicity coming as well from our public relations department. So there'll be so much information on all our media outlets to help people gain more information. And you can always share this with your friends. You can always rewatch this. You can always pause it. You can take screenshots, whatever you need to do so that you can get all of that information and get to this event because it promises to be an amazing event. It's an experience that you're not going to forget. Like I said, I was really touched by the opportunity of listening to that author who came, share his own story, very intimate story as well, and how he overcame it. And to see the transformation in his life and to see where he is from where he came. That was really powerful. You have that opportunity here again on September 21st with uh, author Nadia Wusu and her book Aftershocks. You're going to have the opportunity to come and work with her on that creative process and really have conversations. So this is not like the concerts, you know, like I love going to concerts, but you see the, the performer far, far, far away. And all you want to do is just maybe have that opportunity to shake hands or like just have that little even like eye contact right you have more than that here you can come and interact and have a real valuable meaningful time with this authors and and you know with the community as well is there anything else that you guys would like to um say before we wrap our conversation up oh yes there will be book signing and it is it's just a tremendously high value event and it's all free and it's right here so please come Yes, right here in our community at HCC. Register today, come to the lecture. Tara, Nana, thank you so much for creating these opportunities. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me this morning and for making connections, for helping us 
find valuable ways to look at books differently, to find stories that relate to our students, to our community. You talked about using it as a tool for education. You talked to it as a tool for connecting, self-exploring, healing so much from one event. So thank you both for, for being so thoughtful and so intentional in putting this event together. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Thank you for keeping HCC in mind. We are an educational institution for everyone. We have opportunities for all, for the entire community. Come visit our campus. Just come. If you don't have anything to do one day and you're looking for a good place to come and take a stroll, come to our campus. I think you're going to be very, very pleasantly surprised at all the beauty that we have here. We have many things to offer to everybody. Immigrants, Americans, high school graduates, those who have retired. We really have many opportunities for the entire family. HCC is really for all. Thank you all for listening, for watching, for sharing. Don't forget to connect with us howardcc.edu is where you can find more information and until next time i am cris oviedo connect with us we are dragon digital media podcast